You are listening to episode 101 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark Drow, and as usual, I am joined by the other pastors here on staff at Shades Valley Community Church, Senior Pastor Jonathan Hayes and Executive Pastor Brad Brown, and we are fresh off the hills of our 100th episode that we had last week, which was a live recorded event, and I must say, it was an incredible turnout, and it really, it was uh, it was a beautiful night. It was a lot of fun. It was. I personally expected it to bomb. <laughs> I did too, and to not go we, well. We had really high expectations going into the night, if you can't tell. Totally, <laughs> but the audience that was there just made the evening. Yeah, it really did. It was. It was awesome. Um, there were. I, I'd be interested to know from you guys. There were certain things I was not prepared for. Like, I mean, obviously, we just mentioned the fact that it went well. We were not prepared for that. That's um, true. But I wasn't prepared for kind of like how having an audience changes the dynamic just of, uh, I mean, like, you know, like right now and then our normal week to week episodes, it's literally like the three of us, sometimes a guest sitting around a table, having a conversation. And I I don't know, like, I just feel like there's kind of this natural conversational flow to things, but you throw in a a live audience in the mix and all of a sudden it, it, I don't know about y'all. I felt more like I was like struggling. Oh man, I gotta have something to say. Oh yeah, and I gotta have it to say now. There can be no dead airspace. <laughs> what it's, are we gonna do? <laughs> it's totally different. It's totally different. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I had never, just like you guys, I had never recorded a live podcast before. Right. It's not something that a lot of people done. I have, I have heard live podcasts before, and it's always been an interesting idea. I've been a part of live music recordings where we made albums, but. This was a. It was similar in some ways, and then obviously you're inviting an audience uh, to join, you know, to go on a journey with you. But this was like you were saying, Jonathan, totally different. Within, you know, we're having a conversation right now, but it was like we were inviting fifty other people into the conversation, right? right. And they're spectators. Well, so, and I do think I think there was great potential uh, for it to bomb. Um, I, I really think Brad, like you were saying, what made it not was just the the crowd that showed up. They were great. So yeah, they were so great. We definitely want to thank everybody. That's right. Yeah. Standing for o- coming out. Standing week. ovation. Standing ovation. Uh, if you weren't here, shame on you. That's right. Um, Go back and listen. It's it's up. You can listen to it. You can yes. listen to it. I will say. So Ashley was there at the live event. Um, she actually came up and joined us for a segment. She listened to it afterwards, and she she did say like it was not the same as being. Oh, there for sure, you know, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. true with anything it's, live, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's not the same as being there because there was a lot of energy in the room. Right, like, a lot of energy, lots of energy. But I do. We all look pretty good. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we looked amazing. But I do think uh, you can at least get an idea. I think it's a fun listen because of the content, like because we did like yes. shades trivia. So many members came up, and yeah. It's it's a fun listen. So go back and listen. Yeah, we had a lot of prizes that we gave away. It was so many prizes. It was a cool night yeah. for sure. Go so back maybe we'll do it again. I don't know. Oh, it's I up think in so. The yeah, we, Jonathan we, said we're not <laughs> doing this again. And okay. Then we, okay. Wait, wait. 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 And then we finished, and then everybody was like, "Oh, I guess we could do that again." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we were all like joking about this is the first and only one because of our expectation that it would just be. That's terrible. right. But exactly. Since it was a good experience, I don't know. 
maybe we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll see I, what happens. It definitely, it's definitely one of those things like we can't overplay. Like we can't do it like all the time. So if we Once did it month. again, <laughs> yeah, every week. Oh. No, if we did it again, you know, the two hundredth episode would be in like what two two years or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, basically two years. So I mean, that's a good amount of time between that that would pass. Yeah, that's true. Possibly, we'll see. Maybe yeah. we wait for two fifty. Wait a third year. Who knows? It's a good baby idea. Well, John Mark, I am very interested on how you're going to follow up off of last week's uh, album because, I mean, can can you top that? And if you don't know what last week's I, album was, you should go back. <laughs> I am not going to be able to top the Batman Forever soundtrack. It's just not. It's just impossible. It won't, it won't happen. Um, no. So here we go. Here's Jam's album of the week. Jam's album of the Alright, my album for the week this week is a brand new 2022 album from indie alternative experimental artist Louis Prince. The album is called Flounder and it just came out a few weeks ago. This is uh, the second track off that record. It's called Is It Dark Where You Are? This well, album, there's a lot going on on this record. There's 12 songs. It comes in just under 45 minutes long. Uh, this is the second full-length release from Louis Prince, which is a project based out of Nashville, Tennessee. The first record was called 13, which was actually one of my favorite records of 2020. It's an amazing record if you've never heard 13 by Louis Prince. This is their technically their sophomore full-length release, and I really dig it. This one has more orchestral elements. I'll give you an example of that with this track that's called Yes. There's a lot more orchestral elements to this record. Um, it, the whole record is very experimental. There's a lot of shifts and changes throughout the record, like the one we just heard on that uh, first track I played. This is the uh, opening track off the record. Is it Louis or Lewis? I think it's pronounced Louis. Um, I just, I never know. Like, if it's spelled L-E-W, you know. You know it's Lewis. But when it's L-O-U-I, like... Yeah, so for everyone who's looking it up, it is spelled L-O-U-I-S, but I believe it's pronounced Louis. The only reason I say that is because I was talking to a friend of mine that's real in the know about indie bands, and he called them Louis Prince. There you go. I assumed that he would know. It's interesting. If you type in, is it dark where you are into Apple Music, Destiny's Child is the fifth <laughs> thing to come up. Say my name. So what's the connection? I'm not sure. Interesting. I don't know either. They have a track called Ice Cream Island. Sounds nice. So, like a pretty acoustic. I think I want to go to Ice Cream Island. Track. Is it an island made of ice cream or is it an island where you get ice cream? I hope the latter. If you were deserted on hey. an island. Hey. <laughs> hey. Okay. On an ice cream island. All right, now we're having fun. <laughs> or is it a kitchen island with, with ice cream? like ice cream bar. In all seriousness, real quick, what is, like, if you go to the grocery store, what is. 
the brand of ice cream. Let's talk about brand, Blue not Bell. flavor, but what is the brand that you're going after? Bluebell. Ben & Jerry's. Bluebell yeah, Homemade. I was going to say Ben & Jerry's, too. Ben, it depends. It, it depends on the mood. It's and, a and moody thing. It's it's a mood Ben and Jerry's thing. is a little more experimental. Blue well, well, Ben and Jerry's is when Holly and I are getting ice cream for ourselves, unbeknownst to the children, because we have so many children. Like Ben and Jerry's would be like a million dollars to get oh, ice cream oh, for our family. It's so expensive. These um, those tiny little so little so like bells. if it's for our family, it's either Blue Bell or or it's like the generic like whatever brand you know that's the huge tub. <laughs> Of ice cream. Yeah, like the Publix brand. But, well, so now Publix, man, if you can find Ben and Jerry's on buy one, get one. Yeah, that is a good deal. Um, And Holly and I, I hadn't told you guys this, uh, for our anniversary, I got her a freezer for the oh, garage. Very nice. So oh. I now have the ability, when stuff like that's BOGO, you can like stock up, man, <laughs> and like shove that's it all in the, in the downstairs freezer. Um, But I also like Halo Top, which is technically gelato. Um, yeah, I know about Halo not, Top. No, not Halo Top. Halo I, Top's the like uh, the the like low calorie ice cream stuff, which is a maybe, great low calorie option. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, yeah, I meant yeah. um, Talenti. That's what I meant. Yeah. Have you heard of Talenti yes. before? Yes, it's expensive too. It's a buy one get one situation. I believe there is a flavor of Bluebell that is cookies and cream mm-hmm. and chocolate chip cookie dough. Mm-hmm. What's it called? What? I don't know, but it's it's a thing. It's what? very good. It's, it's very good. good. Now, my two favorite ice cream things going on. Somehow this has turned into an ice cream <laughs> episode. Oh, I get to play more of the album yeah, while there we talk about it. My, my, my two favorite flavors are um, uh, I, I, I like anything that's like got sea salt caramel going on. Uh, but then my favorite thing to do is get just a really good vanilla ice cream actually break up legit oreos into it because buying cookies and cream pre-made is not the same as breaking up legit oreos but break up legit oreos and then i like to mix peanut butter into that it's a heart attack Mm. and a half waiting to happen like you will immediately gain 15 pounds from looking at it but it's amazing but it's worth it if you're a peanut butter fan yeah so the album is (laughs) flounder and the artist is Louis Prince. Can you imagine how deeply offended he would be if he listened to this segment? <laughs> he has a track called Ice Cream Island. Listen, this is the content our <laughs> But I'm sure it means for. something. It's an it's an illustration. This last track that I was playing was uh, called Racine, which is a city. It's either in Illinois or Wisconsin. We go through it when we go up to Wisconsin. I can't remember. Ashley, email me and let me know. Okay, the album is uh, Flounder by Louis Prince. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Let me know if you like it or not. That album's much smoother listening than whatever we've swapped to now. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. The Manhattan Boys Choir. (laughs) Hey, friends. Welcome to another segment of Bradford's book club. Last week, I did a book of riddles because of the live setting. I wanted to do something fun and fresh. This week, I have another book of riddles. Is this one fun and fresh? I'm kidding. I don't have another book of riddles. One book is enough, I think, for all of Bradford's book club. Today, I have a book that I'm very excited about. It was a book that was gifted to Jonathan and I uh, at an event we went to. It's Samford. It's a book on lament. It's titled Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament by Mark 
Vergop, I believe is how you pronounce it. V-R-O-E-G-O-P. I mean, sure. That's what I'm sticking with. Just, just say it with confidence. Let me read a little bit from the back, if I can. Sure, Brad. Lament is how we bring our sorrow to God, but it is a neglected dimension of the Christian life for many Christians today. We need to recover the practice of honest spiritual struggle that gives us permission to vocalize our pain and wrestle with our sorrow. Lament avoids trite answers and quick solutions, progressively moving us towards deeper worship and trust. Exploring how the Bible, through the Psalms of Lament and the Book of Lamentations, gives voice to our pain, this book invites us to grieve, struggle, and tap into the rich reservoir of grace and mercy God offers in the darkest moments of our lives. So Mark is a pastor in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he's written this book on lament, and we talk about lament a decent amount at Shades, yeah, but sure. it's one of these things that I feel like we constantly have to set before us because it's easy to forget, and it's a pattern of prayer that doesn't come naturally to me. One of the things that I appreciate about this book is in the back there's an appendix, and in the appendix... He has a worksheet. It's titled Learning to Lament Worksheet, and I think it's really helpful. He has these movements of lament. Turn to God, bring your complaint, ask boldly, choose to trust, and then he gives you examples of how to do that. So turn to God. God, I need you to hear me. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Bring your complaint. You've, God, you've heard every unfair word. You know how I've been misunderstood. Ask boldly. Teach me every lesson you want me to learn through this. Choose to trust. Uh, God, none of this is a surprise to you. You've heard every word. You know what I'm feeling. So he just gives some models of how we can actually begin to lament. And I found that lament has become a an essential aspect of my prayer life and uh, a important way that I'm able to process and bring my entire s- process evil and suffering and darkness that's going on in the world and bring my entire self before God. So check it out. This resource for lament, Dark Clouds, Deep Bursting by Mark Vergop. I'm curious on on the back of the book there where it yeah. uh, gives a brief bio of Vergop. I, he's a pastor, right? He's a pastor. Does, does it say if he has his PhD? It does not. I, I would just be very curious to know because it would not surprise me if he had done his doctoral work on yeah. the Psalms of Lament because he has multiple books about lament. In Does which he really? He, yeah, and in which he's applying the concept of lament to uh, various more specific topics. So like another one we've talked about before, I don't know if it's been featured on the book club, but uh, is his book uh, Weep With Me, How Lament Opens a Door for Racial Reconciliation. So he takes the topic of lament and applies it to the conversation of racial reconciliation. And it just, he's done a lot of work in this area. And so I was just curious. He's very well known. He has a lot of recommendations from well-known people in Christian circles, some big names. So, but he does not have doctor in front of his name. So maybe he's just really humble. It it is a legit possibility. It's a possibility. They don't all do that though. They don't all use the, the old DR. Um, Doctor Mark Virgo. Well, awesome. Thank cool. you. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, you're welcome. Excellent, excellent suggestion. And you can read it while listening to uh, JM's album of the week. Yes. That's right. Put so. them together. Well, we have allowed a little extra breathing space today uh, for us to joke about things like ice cream and such. 
because we're not actually going to bring you new content today. I apologize greatly, uh, other than the new content you've already heard, which was worth it. Or fast-forwarded. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the reason is because coming off of our 100th episode, we're going to be honest, it was an amazing experience, but we're slightly exhausted <laughs> from it. From That's the, right. We're getting old. Yeah, moving everything out, bring it all back in, setting it up and everything. And, and there's also a lot going on because the season of Lent begins today. That's uh, right. Maybe not the day you're listening, but the day we recorded this. Uh, today is Wednesday, March the 2nd which is Ash Wednesday. So we've had a lot going on to prep for the Ash Wednesday service tonight. And yep. all of that does take just a little bit of precedence over us recording the podcast. That's um, true. <laughs> I just love how you're like echoing every sentence I have with like a one word answer of support. Um, anyway, so, uh, but what we do want to do is we're going to replay kind of in honor of the fact we made it to 100. We're allowed to celebrate for two weeks, right? Yeah, we made it. Yeah. So so in honor of that, we're going to replay for you the first episode we ever recorded uh, for two reasons. One, so you can see how far we've come, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. In finding our own voice and what the show is and what it's about. Uh, but two, our first ever episode was about the season of Lent. And Ash Wednesday. Can you remember? Does anybody remember the title of it? Yeah, I just looked it up. The one Hold about on, ashes. Give me one right? moment. Episode one, the one about ashes and death. And death. Uh-huh. This was posted on February twenty fifth of twenty twenty. Wow. Which would have been about two weeks before uh, the first kind of real official pandemic shutdown that happened across majority of the United States yeah. when we when we stopped having in person services in March. So it's r- a couple of weeks right before that. Right. Right. So crazy, crazy. Yeah. So here is uh, uh, an episode of all of us talking uh, before we knew what was about to happen <laughs> and talking about death, which was something that in a very real way, we were all about to stare in the face in a way that we hadn't really thought about. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, if you're um, new to the season of Lent, uh, maybe you never heard that first episode before. Uh, you're like, what is Lent? Why do we do Ash Wednesday? I think that this episode may be helpful um, in some of that. And we've done some other episodes. You can look back through the catalog. I think we've done a few other episodes about Lent, Ash Wednesday, that kind of thing. But you, any guy, you got anything else to say? No? All right. Well, without any further ado, here's uh, episode one, the one about ashes and death. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new podcast that we are doing here at Shades Valley Community Church called Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things shades. I am Brad Brown, and on the podcast with me today, I have Jonathan Hafes, the lead pastor, our leader, fearless leader. The godfather of my children and one of my closest friends. Jonathan, how are you doing this morning? (laughs) Since I just found out recently that I am the godfather of your non-existent children, I'm doing fantastic, Brad. I just decided and I thought that the first episode of Shades Midweek would be a great place to announce it. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, But Jonathan, I thought we could start out the podcast just talking about why we are doing this why another podcast how could we possibly have anything to contribute 
with the thousands and thousands of podcasts that are out there, why do this? Well, whether or not we actually have anything to contribute remains to be seen. <laughs> will um, be seen. But why are we doing this? We, we've we actually done uh, a midweek podcast before at Shades. You and I, actually. It's been several years because life got hectic and busy and all sorts of different things. But probably the, the primary reason we want to do this is that this is another avenue uh, through which we can be teaching and practicing discipleship at Shades Valley Community Church. And so we really want to just have a, another avenue through which we can answer questions that we're getting asked pretty regularly about mm-hmm. theology, about culture, uh, an avenue, and, and another avenue through which we can help people be more aware of what's happening at Shades, both on the practical level of like just what's going on, what's available to be a part of, ways to enter into community, but not only that, but what God is doing mm-hmm. at Shades. One of the things that we have the the privilege of really is constantly hearing stories from individuals, from ministry leaders, from our missionaries uh, about how God is at work in our body. And, and we're, we've asked the question now for a while, how can we share that with the body at large? And I think that a midweek podcast is a great avenue for mm-hmm. that. So we already actually have a couple of interviews lined up with some of our missionaries, with some members of Shades, in which the episodes are really just going to center around what God's doing uh, amongst our body. Some of the episodes will mean lean more heavily on answering theological questions we're getting asked a lot. Um or kind of speaking into various things that are happening in our culture, but that's that's kind of why we're saying it's a podcast about theology, culture, and all things shades. So that's that's the reason we're doing this thing. Yeah, so many times we've talked about uh, the tendency that we can have in the local church to believe that nothing is happening, uh, nothing new is happening. We're just doing the same routines, and I think we want this podcast to be a place where we speak to that lie. And say, no, God is doing something in the midst of our congregation. And so really excited about the opportunity to hear other stories and really excited to invite the body at large into conversations that you and I and John Mark have on a daily basis So we thought, man, it would be really cool if we could just have the congregation kind of sit in and listen to to some of these uh, conversations that we have. Because believe it or not, we actually do think deeply about a lot of stuff that we do at Shades Valley. That might come as a shock to a lot of people. We we at least attempt attempt to think deeply about it. And and just so everybody does know... um, we do hope to have John Mark as a part of these conversations uh, in the future. He is here with us in the recording studio. He's just he on the other side of the glass window uh, doing all of the technological things that Brad nor I have any clue yes. how to do. And since this is our first uh, episode, he's making sure that nothing goes horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, but he is with us. John Mark, do you have the ability to say hello in that microphone that you have there? Hey, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So, anyway. Working behind the scenes is our producer. Well, mm. today in our first episode, Brad, what's up? Yes, we thought uh, today that we would uh, talk about the season of Lent. Uh, this Wednesday starts, uh, or excuse me, this Wednesday, uh, the season of Lent begins with our Ash Wednesday service, and so we thought this would be a good place to have a conversation about uh, what is the season of Lent 
and why at Shades Valley do we practice, do we observe the season of Lent? So, Jonathan, why don't we start the conversation with you just uh, answering those questions? Sure. Well, and I, I think that, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to start here is not just because we're about to enter into the season of Lent and hopefully help everybody get a kind of a, a larger view of why we do that and, and all. But uh, I, I think this will also serve as a good um, first conversation for the podcast because we can kind of talk about it through all three lenses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about the theology of Ash Wednesday and what the symbolism means in, in the ashes and things like that. We can talk about uh, this as it relates to our culture. Uh, Ash Wednesday, the entire season of Lent is a very countercultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can also talk about all things Shades, like how you can actually participate and engage in the season of Lent here at Shades. So I think yeah, totally. uh, we're not going to do that in every episode. Some of our episodes will lean into one of those categories more than another, but, mm-hmm. but this could... Uh, kind of demonstrate what we're trying to do i think so yeah so yeah so just a summary the season of lent it's a 40-day season that begins uh with ash wednesday and if, if you're adding up the days it goes to easter and if you add up the days you get 40 when you leave out sundays mm-hmm. um so sundays are kind of like considered like miniature easters right there yeah uh, but so it's this 40-day season typically set off marked by uh, being a season of repentance and fasting and we're going to talk kind of in the coming weeks, I think. We're going to do a couple of episodes about Lent, but we'll talk why it's a season characterized by repentance, why it's characterized by by fasting. But the short version is that those things help lead us to Easter. And that's really what the season of Lent is meant to do. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a time that prepares our hearts for the coming celebration of Easter. Uh, you could think of it like like. Advent and Christmas. Uh, a lot of people, even if you didn't grow up in churches that observed the church calendar or mm-hmm. church seasons like Lent and Advent, a lot more people are familiar with Advent. And Advent is a four-week season that leads up to Christmas, and it's meant to prepare your heart for Christmas. Lent kind of does the same thing, but it does it for for Easter. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really the purpose of in the journey. We can talk more about how it does that, but I think specifically today we want to talk about how that season begins Begins. with Ash Wednesday, and then in later weeks we'll get into more of why it's a season that focuses on fasting, why it's a season that focuses on repentance. Yeah, and so let's uh, talk about that next. So uh, this Sunday I announced that this Wednesday at 6.15, Uh, In our sanctuary, uh, we will have our Ash Wednesday service. So, uh, Jonathan, why don't you uh, just talk about that service a little bit? Yeah, we can probably start with the theology of it, the symbolism, because, I mean, the thing that sticks out, obviously, it's it's a service called Ash Wednesday. So it centers around ashes and this act that's called the imposition of the ashes. Mm hmm. And if you don't come from a liturgical background, uh, liturgical lit- liturgy just means the work of the people. Liturgical churches are churches that typically heavily involve congregational participation through historic practices such as um, reading corporate prayers or confessions. Um, the, the high point of any liturgical service is usually communion, It's and that's considered the the massive point of congregational participation mm-hmm. in in the service. But one of the things liturgical churches tend to be known for is for following the church calendar and participating in these various seasons. So if you observed 
the season of Lent in whatever tradition you grew up in, you probably grew up in a more liturgical tradition. But if you're like me and like Brad uh, and John Mark, uh, even though we grew up in very different settings, yeah. uh, none of us grew up in a heavily liturgical setting. None of us grew up observing yeah. the season of Lent. Kind of like, isn't this a Roman Catholic kind of thing or something? Yeah, that was really the only context yeah. most of us had for it, right? Yeah. Um, and and no, there are many Protestant uh, denominations that observe <laughs> that observe the season. But I think that if you're not used to it, that's the thing that's most striking to you when you encounter Ash Wednesday is what's up. Yeah, so what's going with on these with these ashes? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Um, well, the theology behind it is that ashes are a symbol in Scripture of the punishment for sin. It comes out of Genesis 3, where God is, is speaking over uh, mankind after uh, Adam and Eve had fallen into sin. And he says specifically to Adam, he says, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. Mm. You know, uh, the phrase that a lot of people are more familiar with is from ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So ashes, dust, if you will, is a symbol that because of sin, we deserve the punishment of death. We deserve to return to dust. And so what happens on Ash Wednesday is we use ashes. People come forward to receive the imposition of the ashes, which really just means that um, a couple of our pastors are there standing ready to take the ashes and to rub them on the foreheads of our people in the shape of a cross. But the first thing we say when we do that is, from dust you came, and to dust you shall return. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're literally feeling dust being pressed in to yeah. your, your head. And it's, it's, it's meant to remind you we, we have sinned, we have fallen, and we deserve the wages of, of sin. That's the first thing tied up in the symbolism of the ashes. But that's not all that's there. Mm-hmm. because that's rather hopeless. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we are a people of the gospel. We are a people of hope, which is why that's not the only thing we say when we uh, do the imposition of the ashes. We say, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. And then we follow it with the first words of Jesus in the gospel of Mark. So repent and believe the gospel. Mm. And we use those ashes to make the sign of the cross on someone's head. So, so, so get the symbolism that's going on there. We use dust, the sign or symbol of our deserved death to make a cross, the sign that our death is defeated. Mm-hmm. We take the very thing that's supposed to say you deserve death and use it to make the sign that says, but you get life yeah. because of what Jesus has done. It's a beautiful symbol of the gospel. Yeah, And it's a beautiful, small encapsulation of what the entire season of Lent is about. Mm-hmm. Repentance that leads you to the joy of Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so the symbolism tied up with the ashes is the symbolism of the gospel. Yeah, The gospel that says you've sinned and deserved death, but because of the work of Christ through repentance you receive life. Yeah. And... Well, one of the things I know we wanted to talk about was Ash Wednesday in our culture. And one of the things that I love about Ash Wednesday is how weird it is. (laughs) 
in our culture. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what'd you do on Wednesday night? Oh, I, you know, watched Netflix. What'd you do? Oh, I went to a communal gathering where I stood up and the leader of the gathering put ashes on my head and reminded me of my mortality. Reminded me that I will die. It was dark. (laughs) Oh, cool. Um, but it's true. And like you said, as, as Christians, whose hope is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, it gives us the ability to stare death in the face, if you will. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that it's so countercultural, because it makes us stare down all the things our culture likes to avoid and pretend yeah. doesn't exist. So We don't like to talk about death. Yeah, we, we do not like to talk about death. We like to hide death and, and surgically remove any indicators in our bodies that death is coming, right. <laughs> that decay is happening. Um, you know, we, we very much shove that to the margins. We mm-hmm. don't like to talk about sin at all, that there's anything remotely wrong with us. We don't like to talk about repentance, that we need to forsake anything uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that's going on with us. But, but when you ignore those things and you push them all to the margins um, and, and you don't confront them, you, you also you remove any talk about hope that we have. Yeah, And that's what's so beautiful and countercultural, I think, is uh, about Ash Wednesday is not only does it take the things our culture is unwilling to stare down and stare them down, Mm-hmm. but it gives you the reason we can stare them down with hope. Yeah. You know, and so it speaks a word of hope into the realities that our culture wants to ignore. And one of the really cool ways that Ash Wednesday does this mm-hmm. in the midst of our culture is that you leave the service with the ashes on your head. Yeah. And you walk out into the surrounding culture. Right. You know, you, you go to the gas station on your way home or you go out to eat with friends or dinner and all of you are sitting there with ash smudges on your head. And I I don't know that there has been a year yet where I have not been asked by somebody. Yeah. Like, What's up with the ashes on your head? Yeah. And it's this chance to talk about everything our culture doesn't want to talk about. Right. Death, sin, repentance. But then it gives you a chance to talk about hope that our culture knows nothing of. Yes. You know? Yeah. I think uh, often in our culture, Jesus can look so small. Right. And Jesus can look so common. And with Ash Wednesday, with the season of Lent, this is an invitation to see the beauty of Jesus. This is an invitation to see how big Jesus is. And it's an invitation to, once again in our ordinary lives preach the good news of the gospel, a good news that has the power to address something as horrifying and as tragic as death. Yeah, it's it's a way to see how Jesus addresses all the issues that our culture knows are there. Mm-hmm. But because they don't have an answer, they try to avoid them. Yeah. You know, but Jesus like you were saying, it, it, it takes him from being something small in the culture's mind. Because in the culture's mind, you know, Jesus, is just, he's a moral teacher. Yeah. He's kind of adds some morality to your life. One option among yeah. others. But it, it, it reveals how he is the massive answer to everything that is so wrong. We mm-hmm. would rather pretend it's, it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, so yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that's how, you know, Ash Wednesday kind of speaks into our 
our culture. And I think the last thing we wanted to talk about really uh, under kind of the umbrella of all things Shades is Mm -hmm. how can people here uh, that are a part of Shades Valley enter into the season of Lent? Yeah, totally. And you already mentioned uh, our service coming up this Wednesday. Yes. Yep. Uh, One way to enter into the season is by coming this Wednesday to our Ash Wednesday service. Uh, this is a family-friendly service. There will be tables set up in the back. A family-friendly service about death <laughs> and repentance. Exactly. But no, my children receive the Mark of the Ashes, and, and it, it becomes a great source of conversation. Yes, totally. Um, and so come, bring your kids. It's at 6.15. Uh, we will have a nursery for uh, the little ones. and That service is usually only about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's always a very powerful service. So we'd love to see you come to that. Uh, but Jonathan, why don't you mention some of the other resources that are available that people can press into the season. Right. Through. The one other thing I will say really quickly before mentioning those resources mm-hmm. about just the power of the service that I was not prepared for the mm-hmm. first time I participated. Um, I mean, the first time I ever attended an Ash Wednesday service was here at Shades when I was doing the imposition of the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> and this may sound weird, but hang with me. It When you do the imposition of the ashes, like as a pastor, it's one of the most personal moments I have, mm-hmm. like with congregants, like to stare someone in the face yeah. like at close range and to say, you're going to die. Right. So hope in Jesus. Yeah. You say it to children. Yeah, you say it to kids. You say it to everybody, and you're staring mm-hmm. right in their eyes while you touch their forehead. Like it's just, there's just this close person to person, pastor to congregant, like moment of, in which I think you really do experience the reality yeah. and the power, the palpability yeah, yeah, of, yeah. The pa- of the power of the spoken gospel in a way that's just really unique. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I just. Just wanted to so so because of that it's it's one of my I think um, favorite kind of uh, experiences just as far as um, a, a service around a special season yeah, like this. Totally. So uh, two other ways to enter in and they're kind of one and the same thing, uh, but uh, we have a reading guide um, that goes along with the season of Lent and what the reading guide is designed to do is to take you on a journey throughout the whole of Scripture, uh, but it centers on the themes that we will be exploring each Sunday during uh, during the season of Lent. And so it gives you daily uh, readings, daily ways that you can be spending time in Scripture that are going to just kind of uh, help your mind and your heart to marinate in the things that we're going to be focusing on and talking about as a church community each Sunday during the season. Mm-hmm. And to go along with that, uh, we send out a daily devotional. This is written by uh, myself or somebody else on staff, uh, each each morning, and we send that out to help you reflect on the the reading for the day. That the devotion is written based around that passage. Yeah, and so you can pick up a reading guide uh, here on Wednesday night at the service, or they should be available hopefully really soon uh, via our, our website. Uh, that information should come through email and social media, all of that kind of thing. Uh, and then if you want to receive the devotional the daily devotional that goes along with the reading guide, all you have to do is sign up. 
If you've received these before, you don't have to sign up again. You're automatically on the list. Congrats. Um, but if you haven't signed up and you want to, just email the church office, uh, office at shadesvalley.org, and say, hey, I want to be on the Lent devotional email list, and we will add your uh, your email to that list. So those are a couple of ways you can enter into the season here at Shades Valley Community Church. Yeah, and there are so many devotional guides out there for the season of Lent that you can find, and they all have their merit in their own way. One of the cool things about uh, using our reading guide is that each week you'll be reading throughout the whole of Scripture uh, passages that have similar themes to Sunday morning. And so in a way, each week it's like you're preparing your heart and you're feasting on these various texts of Scripture uh, to come in to a service uh, where we reflect on those themes with the passage of Philippians. So I think it's a way in which you can kind of even begin to see the text in Philippians for that Sunday in a new and different way. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's a communal journey makes it uh, a really cool thing as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you're, you know, like Brad said, there are a lot of great uh, Lenten devotionals out there that you can access. But when you do this one, you're, you're doing the same one that, all of your brothers and sisters at Shades are doing. You're making the same journey alongside of each other. It gives you an opportunity to discuss these things uh, in your community group, to discuss them with one another. So I, I think there's a lot of cool things about making a journey like that uh, together. Awesome. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, I think it'd be appropriate to end with a word of prayer. So Jonathan, would you uh, close us in prayer and pray that through this season we would uh, see our sin and see the the beauty of Jesus Christ and the salvation He offers through His gospel. Yeah. So, so Lord, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for the development of practices like Ash Wednesday and Lent, and how those have been developed by Your Church throughout history to help us focus on Your Son Jesus throughout the year. And I pray that uh, this uh, observance in 2020 would do just that. That it would be a time in which we, as a body, uh, are drawn into deeper communion with you through your Son, by your Spirit. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Well, there you have it, our first episode about Ash Wednesday and death. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org because here at Shades Midweek, you are always part of the conversation. Thanks for listening.